Canada HR News podcast. It is March 24th, 2022. My name is Elena Bobereva. In today's episode, we will cover the news related to Canadian job market, the concept of vacation, trends associated with employee return to the office, micro-credentials, and developments in occupational health and safety. Stay with us to get the HR News Digest. Canadian job postings hit a new high. According to Indeed, total Canadian job postings on the Indeed platform were up 69% on March 18, compared to early February 2020. Job postings are elevated across Canada, with postings in Atlantic Canada and the prairies furthest above their pre-pandemic levels. Hiring appetite is particularly strong among higher-paying occupational sectors, such as human resources and software development, while postings in lower-paying fields, like food services, have also shown strong momentum in recent weeks. The concept of a workation isn't new to corporate Canada, but it has seen renewed interest from both employees and employers since the start of the pandemic. Workations combine work and vacation, for example, booking a mountain lodge for a week while working a full-time job remotely. Workations are an evolution of leisure, travel that combines business trips with leisure trips. In this week's article, Benefits Canada reports on a study of 1,000 people from vacation booking company Kayak that estimates 27% of employed Canadians will take a workation this year. More employers are embracing this concept. Some provide between two and four weeks to work remotely and up to $3,000 to the employees for travel or accommodation costs. Other employers allow staff to work from anywhere in Canada for up to eight weeks. While workations provide a chance to recharge, there are risks to this arrangement that include time zone differences that may harm communication with the workplace and negative impact on work-life balance. After two years of office spaces sitting empty, many companies are eager to call employees back for good. Robert Half research shows that more than half of workers in Canada would rather quit than return to the office full-time. In a survey of more than 800 senior managers in Canada, 55% of respondents said they wanted their teams to work on-site full-time, as COVID-19-related restrictions ease. 44% of senior managers support long-term hybrid schedules and employees' ability to choose where they work. Managers at large companies with 1,000 or more employees are most open to flexibility. Separate research from Robert Half reveals that a full return to office may lead to more resignations. Millennial professionals and working parents are most likely to look for a new job if required to be in the office five days a week. Companies may adopt a long-term hybrid work model. We reviewed different types of hybrid models in our podcast on March 17. Last year in British Columbia, WorkSafe BC received more than 3,400 inquiries related to bullying and harassment and responded to 931 specific complaints of bullying and harassment in the workplace. 17% came from the healthcare sector, 10% from hospitality, 8% from construction, and 8% from retail. Bullying and harassment in the workplace can take many forms, 
Examples of behavior or comments that might constitute bullying and harassment include verbal aggression, personal attacks, and other intimidating or humiliating behaviors. While bullying and harassment can occur between workers and between workers and management, bullying and harassment of workers can also occur by customers, clients, and other members of the public. As part of its 2022 initiatives, WorkSafe BC will be focusing resources on conducting education, consultation, and enforcement activities around workplace bullying, harassment, and prohibited action. British Columbia has introduced legislation designed to help keep workers safe from asbestos. The proposed bill will require asbestos abatement contractors to be licensed to operate in British Columbia. Workers who perform this work must complete mandatory safety training and certification. Upon passage of the bill, WorkSafe BC will implement the new requirement, which will include developing the standards that asbestos safety training and certification programs must comply with, developing a licensing scheme for abatement contractors, amending the Occupational Health and Safety Regulation to align with the changes to the Workers' Compensation Act, and identifying who will act as the training and certifying bodies for asbestos abatement workers. The Government of Nova Scotia will soon expand workplace injury insurance for firefighters to cover more types of cancer and heart attacks. The province will increase presumptive coverage to 19 cancers from 6 and to include heart attacks that occur within 24 hours of an emergency call. About 6,600 firefighters and their families will benefit from these changes, making Nova Scotia one of the leading provinces in Canada for presumptive coverage for firefighters, said the Minister of Labour, Skills and Immigration of the province. The amended regulations take effect July 1st, Firefighters with a cancer diagnosis since July 1, 2021 will be able to access the expanded benefits. When revising the regulations, the government reviewed multiple studies and consulted firefighters, organizations representing firefighters, and municipal representatives throughout the province. Ontario is investing $59.5 million over the next three years to further establish micro-credentials as a key component of Ontario's post-secondary sector. The province is expanding the Ontario Student Assistance Program to include nearly 600 micro-credential programs. Through this initiative, the province is ensuring loans and grants will be available to more learners looking to rapidly upskill and reskill for the in-demand jobs of today and tomorrow. Offered by colleges, universities and indigenous institutes, micro-credential programs are short in duration, can be completed online and are often designed for the specific needs of employers. They can be taken in isolation or packaged together with degrees, diplomas and certificates. As additional micro-credentials are developed, the Ontario government will review them to determine if they are eligible for financial assistance. According to the Institute for Research on Public Policy, micro-credentials are surging in popularity across Canada. A number of provinces have made significant investments in the growth of micro-credentials, at least 75 million since 2020 and recommendations for further expansion have come from business groups like the Business Council of Alberta and the Future Skills Council. While micro-credentials help to meet the shift in labor market in the coming years, 
it is important that there is proper coordination among policymakers, employers, workers, and platform providers to make sure these innovative tools help to navigate a rapidly changing world. And this is Canada HR News Podcast for March 24, 2022. For more information on the news, see the episode description and follow us on Twitter at CanHRNews.